Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. You're listening to the Dynasty League Football Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome back to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am your host this week, Matt Price, here with my friends as always, Dan Myler and Ryan McDowell. Dan, how are you doing today, buddy? Lovely talking to you once again, Matt. Ryan, how are you doing, buddy? I am doing well. Glad to be back with you boys. Yeah, you guys had a nice little, nice time together. I missed out on the fun, uh, but I really do hope to join you guys next year. Uh, definitely sad for missing out on that. Fellas, it's July. We're getting ready for training camp opening here pretty soon. The, the Hall of Fame game is less than three weeks away. Most of the news that's happening right now, we we just need to ignore for a little bit longer. So if there's a time to do a, a more maybe a more fun-based episode, I feel like it's right now. So that's kind of what we're going to do today. You're going to be getting a little bit of, of justification for picks and takes and players and stuff like that. For the most part, this day on this show, we are going to have a little fun with some bets. And the way this is going to work, each of us are going to going to read off a few statements basically about what we think is going to happen in 2018. You know, fairly bold predictions if you want to call them that. And then we're going to see if we can get any bites, you know. If if I can if I throw out something and see if I can get Dan or Ryan to to bite on it, then uh, they can either take the bet or, or reject it and we're going to move through that way. And hopefully uh, we're going to have a few fun things to track over the season at the end of this process. And uh, somebody's going to win something. We don't know what that is yet, but uh, we're going to figure it out. Ryan said he's famous for bourbon. Dan's famous for like building stuff. I don't think I'm famous for for bourbon, really. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to figure that out later. We haven't decided on the stakes yet, but that's how we're going to proceed. So I'm just going to throw it right to you, Dan, here. Uh, Why don't you give us your first bold bet for 2018? Well, I don't know if it's super bold because it's actually happened once before this exact thing. But I was thinking, since I'm a Packer fan, I had to lead things off with, with the Packers. And I think A-Rod is going to be ridiculously locked in this year. I, I think he's he's angry. He wants to come back and, and prove that he can put the Packers on his shoulders once again. So I took Aaron Rodgers to throw for, to throw for 4,500 yards and 45 touchdowns for the second time in his career and for three Packers pass catchers to post double digit touchdowns this season. Any comments on that one, Ryan? Wow. Well, I like the idea because if three of the receivers or pass catchers are catching double digit touchdowns, that might mean good news for my guy, Randall Cobb. I mean, it does seem like everything's kind of locked in for Rogers to have another 
another big year, obviously was on his way last year. Other than that, only to get a, you know, slowed down and, and lost for the year with the injury. And, and that really derailed the entire Packers season. Um, I think if we're combining both of those as, as one bet, the double digit touchdown thing, I, I think is just, just pushes me away. I, I don't think I would take that bet. I a hundred percent agree. There's too much going on in that bet. Like it, there's too many things that have to happen. Like one thing doesn't happen and, and we win. So I think Ryan and I are both uh, going to take you up on this, right. And uh, say, that this is not going to happen this season. Yeah. The reason, the reason I threw the the second part of it in, because really saying Rogers is going to throw for 4,545 touchdowns, is it that outlandish? It's not really a bold prediction. It's happened once already, nearly happened two years ago, probably would have happened a year ago had Rodgers stayed healthy. He was he was throwing three touchdowns a game. So I, I didn't want to make it too easy. And, and the thing that really makes it super bold is the three pass catchers catching those touchdowns because really outside of Devontae Adams and the newcomer at tight end Jimmy Graham – there, there isn't a an, another guy, I guess you could say Cobb, he has a 10-touchdown season on his resume, but isn't really known for catching lots of touchdowns. Uh, that's what really makes it extremely bold. I think there's going to be a secondary name that steps up and has a big season. Now, maybe it's uh, Geronimo Allison. That's that's kind of a popular name. I think Trevor Davis has a chance to, to emerge as a pass catcher and, and – at least have a role. And then I, I think there's, you know, those rookies as well. Somebody's going to emerge out of that group. So to, to make it a bold prediction, I felt like it really needed something more than just Rogers going off. I, I, I thought about taking it to the next lever and say, say 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. But uh, that one alone might've been crazy enough to stand on its own. Hey, listen, as someone who is heavily invested in the Packers, both for real life and for fantasy, I hope it happens, but <laughs> it, just, it just seems like a stretch to me. So, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take you up on that. So got Ryan and Matt taking Dan's first bet. Ryan, give us your first bold prediction for 2018. Okay, I'm going to go to Eli Manning. Uh, and I'm going to say that Eli Manning finishes as quarterback 14 or better this season in fantasy. Uh, he's done that in five of the past eight years. We know last year was a little bit of a disaster and uh, basically everybody gave up on Manning. But Odell Beckham missed 12 games last year. Sterling Shepard missed five. I think he can turn it around. Uh, I cannot take this one, Ryan, because a few below my Aaron Rodgers one that I wrote down, I put that he he puts up top 16 numbers this year, Eli Manning. And I thought I was going to save that one for later because I thought uh, I thought it was crazy enough to mention here. So I can't take that bet because I completely agree with all those weapons there. He has a good chance of, of being at least a middle, middle of the pack quarterback too. Yeah, uh, I, I kind of want to take it, but I, I can totally see it happening too. I just either we're wrong about Eli or we're wrong about the weapons, and I don't think we're wrong about the weapons. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to take it either. Sorry, Ryan. You not 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 uh, appealing enough. If you had said a quarterback one, I think I would have taken it. Yeah, well, you know, just just two spots away. Quarterback fourteen is a quarterback one in a lot of leagues, I guess. But um, <laughs> that's true. I, I mean, nice selling point. It, it's got to. It's clearly he's going to have the best running game he's had since Tiki Barber was there. That was over 10 years ago. 
Um, and then according to Warren Sharp's 2018 preview, the Giants have the fourth easiest schedule this season. So things looking up for Eli Manning. Uh, you know, you know I, all what? that said, though, I, I actually I think that could all happen. I think he could be quarterback 14 or better and things go just like I kind of laid them out. And his ADP would not change very much. I, I don't think I don't think he gains a ton of dynasty value out of a starter level season if that happens. Right, but you're saying quarterback 14 in terms of production, not for his ADP, right? Right. Yeah, I, I, I think I think I'll take you. I think I'm going to take it. I think you talked me into it. I think nice. there's a chance that he finishes quarterback 15 or lower. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll 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 hesitantly take you up on that one. But I'd say yes. Ryan uh, Dan says no. All right. So here's my first one. I got to throw some honey out there for you guys right away, and I'm going to say that Tyree Kill does not finish as a top 12 wide receiver in 2018. I'm not going to give you any justification because you already know, you guys already know that. And I, and I don't want to give you any extra ammo to, to not take it. So go ahead and tell me you're taking the bet and then I'll talk about it. I'm not taking it. <laughs> oh, snap. I just, I just, just sadly say that I'm, I'm going to pass. Yeah. I can't take it either. Really, wow. um, if, if you'd have gone a little bit lower than that, maybe top 18, that'd be hard for me to believe. I, I don't think you really stepped out on that big a limb there, Matt, because it's not like Hill's considered a top two or three asset at the position. I believe his ADP suggests he's right around 12. Uh, and that's in Dynasty where he gets the age bump. So, I, you know, I don't think in redraft leagues – Lots of owners are are jumping on that train to take him among the top ten or twelve wide receivers drafted. It's it's only in our game and dynasty, and that's because of the longevity potential of a twenty four year old guy who who has that big time upside. Well, sure, but he finished as a wide receiver one last year. Sure. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll move on then, Dan. Next to, to your next uh, bold prediction, I didn't get anybody with that, and I'm surprised. But uh, let's hear your next one. Okay, I'm going to go to Melvin Gordon at running back, and I don't want to give, give away the reason why I have Melvin Gordon as a top three finisher at running back, but I'd love to hear what you guys think of that. I have Mine went the same way. I actually have a Melvin Gordon bet too, and I said that he's going to finish as a top five running back in, in 2018, so I, I certainly can't take you on that one. I, I think the opportunity that he's going to have this year is going to be incredible, and now what he does with that, if that offensive line can stay healthy, that's always their issue, right? In San Diego, we already are missing Hunter Henry. Uh, for whatever reason, that team is just seems curse injury wise. So uh, I completely agree with you. I think he's going to get everything he can handle. You know, I'm not afraid of Austin Eckler. I do like Justin Jackson there. And, you know, if if for uh, some reason Melvin Gordon were to miss time, I think he could fill in nicely. But in terms of what it's going to be with Melvin Gordon in the lineup, I think he's going to get everything uh, he can handle. Yeah, I probably should not take this. I mean, Gordon was running back seven, running back five the past two years. I agree, Matt, with everything you said, and he, he's going to have all the volume. Uh, I still think he, he'll play a big role in the passing game as well. Just putting that, that high mark of top three running back, I think I'll take it just based on the field, really, looking at how many great running backs there are and everything that has to go right for Gordon. So I'll, I'll take that one, Dan. Mm, I kind of thought, thought you would, you would, Ryan, because <laughs> uh, it, it is a little bit – crazy to to just put that big number on him and and obviously I'm playing this game way better than Matt is because he's he's only <laughs> willing to put him in the top five which is something he just did 
He just did it last year, Matt. Come on. Tyreek Hill just finished the wide receiver one. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll take that. Um, I, I, for all the reasons you said there, Matt, I, I just really feel he has that that tremendous upside that few running backs really carry just because he's going to get all that volume. He's going to play all three downs. He'll he'll get chances at the goal line. He'll get chances out of the backfield on third down as a pass catcher. He catches all their screen passes, and that offers elite upside. So while I, I'm not necessarily in love with paying big prices for Melvin Gordon just because of longevity and things like that, I think his – his upside is the best running back in our game in 2018. That's strong. I, I don't know if I'd go the most upside, but I definitely see a huge workload for him. And obviously, when when a talented player has a huge workload, that's obvi- it's really good for us for fantasy. So running back three is uh, certainly within his reach, I, I think. So, uh, Ryan, let's hear your next one. All right, let's see. I'll go to running back position as well. You guys are aiming for some major names here. I went a little further down the list. Lamar Miller running back 20 or better this year. And I will just throw out, he's currently running back 32 in our ADP. And and uh, when I say running back 20, I'm talking scoring wise. Are we talking about total points or points per game? Total points. What do you got, Dan? Oh, I'm trying to breathe this one in just a little bit. I've been a basher of Lamar Miller for so long but the situation does look positive there. There is, there's certainly a chance. I, I think if you'd have gone a little higher than that, I, I, I take that thing, but I, I think it's pretty risky to take that bet. Uh, he's got a pretty good shot with Foreman being down and, and not a lot of other competition there at the position. Once again, he's going to get that workload as long as he stays healthy and is able to produce at least at, to some extent, I can't take that bet, Ryan. Yeah, I, I can't take it either. I I, I don't know. I, I just think he's a running back to forever and, until he's not, and I, I don't see that stopping this year. I, I do have concerns about that offensive line, but the other weapons in the passing game are so good that they should hopefully be able to draw some attention away from that and and respect that 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 rush a little bit more. So um, I don't know. I I I, I think that it, there's a I, it's like a it's right on the line, Ryan. I think that's a really good number. I think if you said like eighteen. I might have taken it. Do you want to you want to take it? You want to go going to go for uh, eighteen or better? Um, yeah, I'll I'll do that. I'll bump it up a little bit if you want some action. <laughs> I kind of want some action. I have no idea what the stakes are. This could really get me in trouble. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of what you guys mentioned it w- was really the the basis of kind of putting that number out there. And Miller has finished as a top twenty running back in each of the past four seasons. Yeah. Uh, the the foreman injury is is really the catalyst of of this and and when I saw he was running back thirty two I was just surprised how low he was and again I'm talking about I think he'll finish as a top twenty fantasy running back I don't necessarily expect his ADP to jump a lot even if he does that because foreman is is there kind of in the background. I think we'll see him some towards the end of the season if he can prove he's healthy. But with a healthy Watson and a health, healthy Fuller, I think that offense will clearly be a lot better than it was for, for much of last season, and that should help Lamar Miller. Ryan, right now you could trade – if you had De- De- Deonta Foreman and you wanted Lamar Miller, you could make that happen probably in most leagues, right? Yeah, I think they're being valued similarly. We've And some of this offseason we've seen – 
uh, we've seen Foreman drafted ahead of Miller in, in our dynasty ADP. And right now yeah. it's back to, I guess maybe you could say the way it should be with Miller at running back 32, Foreman at running back 41. But a couple months ago, Foreman jumped ahead of him. Yeah, I if I had Foreman right now and I was thinking about competing, I think I would try to make that deal today. I just I, I don't understand why everybody is so high on Foreman right now. I guess they just don't know how serious that Achilles injury really is. I guess, or, or they just don't. They just hate Miller that much. I have no idea. But uh, either way, I'd rather have both. Miller right now. Yeah, maybe both. All right, back to me. My next one here. You guys didn't like the Tyreek Hill one. That's fine. How about we're going to go to a player that everybody hates. Jay Ajayi is currently running back 28 in July ADP. So by January 2019's ADP, at some point between now and then, he will be a running back 24 or a running back two or better in terms of a average draft position. God, I, I hate to be negative, Matt, but you're really not stepping out on a limb. Again. <laughs> you're not going high enough. Okay. The bet. He, he's, he's in a great offense. And there is going to be at least some some degree of a workload there. I know Clement is there, and we saw the news on Sproles that he's going to be back, and, and he'll obviously have a role. And, and all those other names in that backfield, it's it's cloudy at best. And maybe that's why you kept it at 24 or better and didn't want to step it up any higher than that. It seems like he should be the goal line guy, although there's been question marks about how he handles that role as well. Um, just because it's – only a running back two at any point in the next what eight months uh that's enough for not enough for me i'm not taking that bet Hmm. this this is a close one for me uh i do agree with dan's criticism matt but um (laughs) these are my conservative ones i've got the the bigger guns coming out later okay all right we're all waiting matt What does have me considering this one, though, is looking at our ADP and some of the players that are directly behind J.J., Tariq Cohen, Deion Lewis, Mark Ingram, Lamar Miller, I just mentioned, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones. I mean, all of those are guys I could see eclipsing a Jay in value based on this ADP and uh, pushing him even further down the line. The guys ahead of him, Kenyon Drake, Tevin Coleman, Kerryon Johnson, Alex Collins, LaShawn McCoy – obviously uh, are guys that could go either way as well. So I'm going to pass on this one, but it's, it's close. It's close. I'm, I'm not good at this game, I guess. Well, if Matt's promising to step up his game. Uh, next, I'm going to go a little deeper next time. Don't you okay. worry. But for now, for now, you're up, Dan. Matt. Uh, my next one, I'm going to stick to the running back position as well. Uh, Ryan, you just mentioned his name, Marlon Mack. He's one of my guys this offseason. I'm buying him where I can. He's currently the running back 33 in DLS ADP. I'm going to say he cuts that in half. 16 or better. I'll take it. <laughs> Marlon Mack is going to be... No, excuse me. I, 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 I misspoke that he outperforms it by a half. He is a top 16 scorer at the position Ooh. in 2018. Okay, so not ADP, his score. He's going to score RB16 or better. Yeah, should I redo that? No, I, I think it's fine. Okay, good. I was eager to take the bet when I thought we were talking ADP. So I, was I. <laughs> Sorry about that. I actually think it is a little closer when we're talking about scoring. I think I'm still going to take it. I I don't know exactly what to expect out of that backfield. Nothing that we saw last year from Mac, even though he did look 
explosive in his his limited opportunity. Nothing really said to me every down back. The moves that they've made this offseason have kind of said that because all they did was spend a couple of day three picks on running backs and Naheem Hines and and Wilkins are both getting some hype and and I certainly have interest in both of those guys on on my fantasy teams. I think it, that's just enough cloudiness to to make me take this bet. I'm going to take it too, and it's it's really because I just I question his PPR upside. I think Hines is going to get a lot more receptions than we necessarily think he might at this point in the season. Um, and I, I, unless he like just kills it in the touchdown department, I think he's going to be more of a kind of a back end running back two than a higher end running back two. So I think it's it's really close there, Dan. You said a nice line, so I, I, you got me on this one too. Great. Uh, that you know, I I said it kind of high. I really wanted to say running back 18 it seemed like the right right line but when he's 33 it seems seems obvious his adp says he's 33 you you gotta you gotta go for it when it cut it in half right 16 is a little high with the amount of leagues that i've added him in it's obvious that i believe it so I, i really hope i'm right on that one well you're doing something right you've gotten somebody to take every bet so far at least one of us so uh, yeah, Dan, uh, Ryan, let's hear your next one. See if I can take a third one. I'm the only one who's taken one of your two bets so far. All right. I'll go to the wide receiver position. Um, think about Golden Tate. He is currently the wide receiver 24 in our ADP. And I'm going to say that by this time next year, he is outside of the top 40 wide receivers in ADP. <sighs> Man, that is a fall, especially for a guy who consistently flirts with a hundred receptions. That age is obviously the reason you're saying that 29 year old receivers hit 30 and their performance dips just a little bit. And dynasty owners everywhere are out 40 seems like a, like a really big fall for me. Demarius Thomas is still inside the the top 40. Larry Fitzgerald is 34 years old and he's 32 at among our ADP. Um, Michael Crabtree is 30 and he's right at 40 in ADP. So I am going to take this one, Ryan. I think Tate is in for a good season. Uh, good enough to keep him inside the top 40. Had you said 36, I might have shied away. But giving me those extra few, I'll uh, I'll take that bet, Ryan, and I'll collect on this one. Mm. Remind me, are we are we saying he's going to be outside the top 40 this time next season? Is that what you're saying, or is it? Yes. Or, or where yep. are we, where's our? Uh, so yeah, so we'll yeah. say July of 2019. July of 2019. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it too. I think he's gonna stay consistent enough. Uh, I do think there's a chance that Galladay, you know, emerges, but I think he's going to, if he's going to take anyone's job, it would probably be Jones's job. I think Tate is going to be able to still play underneath. So I, I think I agree with Dan. I think if it was the top 36, I'd have a problem, but top 40, we'll see. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take that one too. Yeah. Dan, Dan kind of outlined a couple of the reasons um, Golden Tate does turn 30 in just a couple of weeks. And uh, he listed all of the wide receivers that are currently age 30 or older in our top 40 and it didn't take him very long to do that. So it's pretty rare to see a 30 year old uh, in that range. I think Marvin Jones has been the better receiver there for, for much of the time that they've both been there. It's specifically Jones outscored 
Tate by almost two fantasy points the second half of last season. We've heard good news, good news about Galladay. And, and then the other thought that I think, or the other piece that could really play a role in this is next year's rookie class. We've got at least a handful, maybe up to 10 rookie wide receivers that can make um, a, a big impact in our ADP and will carry value from day one. And if you look at the rookies inside um, our top 40 ADP right now, in this what's considered kind of a, a poor wide receiver class, we've got DJ Moore at 25 and Cortland Sutton just barely inside there at wide receiver 39. I'm sorry, also Christian Kirk is 33, Calvin Ridley at 30. So we've we've got four wide receivers in the top 40 with a quote-unquote poor wide receiver class. I think next year we could easily see six or eight rookie wide receivers jumping into that top 40 uh, almost from day one and certainly by July. So that's going to push a lot of these veterans down. Man, if that's the case, I'm I'm buying Golden Tate next offseason. That that's for sure. I already have my my 2019 target in mind. All right. I have a feeling that no matter what I say for this one, you guys are gonna say it's not good enough. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to a top guy. And I think this one, I think this one I'm gonna get some bites on. So we'll see. Travis Kelsey does not finish as a top three tight end in 2018. He's been the tight end one each of the last two seasons. In 2018, he will not finish in the top three. Not not good enough, Dan. Mm. This is, I think this one's pretty good. This one's pretty good. I, I like it. I, <laughs> it takes a second to digest something like that. Yeah, Kelsey has had two big seasons. Uh, the quarterback change is something that we all have to have a question mark uh, with and, and, and not be quite sure of. The change from from Alex Smith, who is the epitome of check down Charlie and, and, and th- find the tight end, get it out of your hands quickly to the closest, uh, closest receiver that has helped Kelsey over the last few years. All that said, uh, Kelsey is obviously an elite talent at the position and, and anybody that owns Kelsey on any of their teams is expecting him to come with at least top three uh, production anything beyond below that would be a big disappointment. I think I'm going to take this one. I, I think it's 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 more than fifty. Uh, it's more than a fifty percent chance that Kelsey is a top three tight end in 2018. There, there's a couple names that jump to mind. Obviously, most expect Gronk to be a top three guy. Uh, Zach Ertz has has qualified as a top three guy as well. Evan Ingram, uh, many are expecting to, to join that group. And then, and then we got a big group of guys that are perennial top 12 guys. And then some guys that, that are up and coming names like David and Joku and Trey Burton uh, and a few others. So with, with that all in mind, I'm, I'm going to take this one. Cause I, I just don't see enough names to say, man, for sure that's going to happen or this one's going to happen. So I'll take this bet. Matt, you finally got one of us. I'm going to take it as well for a lot of the same reasons that that Dan mentioned. So rather than throwing any of my takes in there, Matt, I just want to ask you, throw it back to you. You mentioned Kelsey here outside of the top three tight ends. You mentioned Tyree Kill outside of the top 12 wide receivers. So you're clearly worried about Pat Mahomes? 
Is that no, actually, actually the opposite. I, I feel like the only person in this offense that I really, well, in the passing game anyway, is, is Patrick Mahomes. I just think it's all going to come centered back on him. I just don't know who he's going to favor. You know, I, I, I know I'm alone on this amongst this show, but I really think Watkins is going to come in and take a large percentage of the target share. And if that happens, I just think that both Kelsey and, and Hill are going to dip a little bit. Now I think of the two, I think Kelsey is, is, is the less likely between he and Hill to fall off a little bit, but I do think it could be enough to, to drop outside of that top three. So instead of having him in there, I mean, I'm putting, I'm putting all my stock in, in terms of the top three, I think it's going to be Gronk Ertz and either one of Ingram or or Jimmy Graham, one of those two, uh, and Kyle Rudolph, I think, is another strong uh, competitor to jump up there as as one of the, the main passing targets in that offense. And we know that that Kirk Cousins likes to use the tight end and everything. So um, I, I just think there's enough enough uh, other guys in the top, you know. I don't know, five to seven tight ends or so in terms of 2018 rankings that, that there's enough of a chance there that they could overtake him. And it makes me not knowing where the ball is going to go makes me want to take Pat Mahomes more than uh, any of the pass catchers really. All right. Uh, let's, before we get back to uh, Dan and the rotation, we are going to take a quick break for reality sports online. Hey there, this is Tom Kislingberry of the read and react podcast. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? I'm sure you've watched Kevin Costner in Draft Day this week. I know I have. Well, now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online. It's a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team just like an NFL general manager, Kevin Costner. Reality Sports Online was created by former NFL front office personnel like Kevin Costner and features a revolutionary free agency auction room which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts, just like Kevin Costner. The platform can host up to 32 teams and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency, like a rookie draft, just like Kevin Costner did, multi-team trades, just like Kevin Costner did, franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, much, much, much more. So test your general manager skills, just like Kevin Costner for free at realitysportsonline.com in a mock free agency auction. And if you like what you see, use the promo code DLF10 and receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Just like Kevin Costner. And we're back. Dan, give us your next bold prediction for 2018. Uh, I have a couple to choose from, and we're going to get through a few more. So I'll just flip over to the wide receiver position as well. I'm going to go with Pierre Garçon. I've mentioned on the show that I'm a fan. He is the wide receiver 56 in ADP. I think he finishes 2018 as a top 24 scoring wide receiver. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. This, this is a good one. Um, I wanted to go really bold guys. I, I was, I was like, I'm going to go top 18. And then I'm like, <laughs> ah, that's, that's pretty bold i'll go 20 and then as i was saying it i i said i better go 24 because i think that's still bold enough to get people on the fence i think it's bold enough matt what do you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah i see i i I've acquired several shares of him and I'm going expect, I'm expecting wide receiver three production. I think he definitely can get to wide receiver two production, you know, based on 
I mean, there's there's just it's there's no real dominant force in that offense. You know, I, I do think it's going to be him because he's the veteran, but he's coming off the neck injury. Uh, you know, Marquise Goodwin, George Kittle, Dante Pettis has been getting a lot of hype this offseason. So I kind of feel like he's going to be spreading the ball around and it's possible he's not going to hit that top 24. But I don't know if <laughs> if I'm confident enough in that to actually take the bet. Brian, how about you? Let's let's talk through this together. So I'm looking at his his fantasy finishes over the past few seasons. Of course, last year he missed a lot of time with injury. But the year before that, he was the wide receiver 22, the wide receiver 31 before that. Uh, and then he also has wide receiver 11, wide receiver 22, wide receiver 28 in his, in his career, among some other finishes. So certainly has it in him, I think. Uh, I think he has to be the favorite to be the lead guy in the offense just by default. Uh, I like a lot of the the young pieces they brought in and and some that they've they've carried forward from the past couple of years. I think I have to pass on this one. I think there's actually a decent chance he does this. I'm going to give you some action, Dan. I think <sighs> I think he's I think he's going to be a wide receiver three. I just wide receiver two is so hard. There's so many good receivers in this league, and I do like him and I, what what he's going to mean to that offense. But I I think wide receiver two is so so tough. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take you. Good. I'm I'm glad. I, I thought I was going to get both of you, and maybe if I had said top. 18 or hop top 20 I would have for all the reasons that you guys mentioned I, I'm a big fan of Garcon as well and, and we have to keep in mind that the first thing that you have to do to be a top 24 receiver is play 15 or 16 games and Garcon has shown up until last year he's been able to stay healthy and, and be on the field and be available uh, that's one big thing to get over and then everything you guys said about the lack of options in San Francisco or at least the lack of proven options makes me feel like Garcon is going to get peppered with targets. And, and we're looking at the possibility of getting double digit targets almost every week. And any, any receiver with that kind of volume has the potential to put up big numbers. He has a hundred catch season in his, on his resume uh, just a couple of years ago, like you mentioned, Ryan, 79 catches for over a thousand yards, um, never a big touchdown scorer. And I certainly don't expect him to all of a sudden become one, now at I think he's age 31 but I, I really don't think he needs it especially in PPR uh I think 24 is bold enough but it's certainly attainable and I think he has a very good shot of of being a week weekly wide receiver three with the potential to have some big games and and over the entire season put him into that top 24 at the position all right Ryan let's hear your next bold take I think I'm going to go back to the quarterback position here. I've got a few more uh, on my list. Dak Prescott, uh, he is currently the quarterback 17 in our July ADP. Uh, Dan, this might not be bold enough for you. You might not like this one. I am going to say that by next offseason, so I guess by next January or February, that Dak Prescott will be outside of the top 20 quarterbacks in ADP. Man, I agree with you. Too much on this one. In fact, my next one will prove why. I, I think it's going to happen as well, so I can't take this one. I'm glad I took the Golden Tate, Tate one from you, Ryan, because it's only one out of four so far for me. I can't I can't go with you here either. I, I, 
I, I made a big trade for Prescott earlier this offseason in one of your kitchen sink leagues, Ryan, and I regret it every day. So I, I, I think that the downward trajectory of that offense in terms of the passing game is uh, uh, almost a certainty to happen and maybe will rebound in, in 2019 when they get some real weapons in there for, for Dak. He just has – he's got he's got nothing to work with. He's got Alan Hearns and Michael Gallup and, I mean – I don't know who we're going to here. Are we saying Terrence Williams is all of a sudden going to play again? I just I don't know what they're going to do with that. The tight end position is a mess. I mean, unless Dak is going to, or uh, not Dak, unless Zeke is going to catch a hundred balls himself, then I just I just don't see it for Dak this season. So I'm going to pass as well. Yeah, I don't blame you guys. Uh, that not bold enough. I, I looked at the quarterbacks that are below him, and I'm actually surprised at some of these names uh, as far as. Prescott holding these guys off, but Matt Ryan, Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, Rosen, Derek Carr, all those guys are behind him right now. I could see all of them potentially jumping ahead of him uh, at some point this season. And the reason is exactly what you guys mentioned, just really, really no weapons on offense outside of Zeke Elliott. I do think there's a little bit of a, of a, fantasy scoring floor there for Prescott between his uh, his running ability. And even without Zeke part of the season last year and with Des Bryant being largely ineffective, Prescott still, still scored pretty well, and he was actually a quarterback one. So I, I thought maybe the hate had gone too far and I could get you guys, but to no avail. I think it probably has long term, but I just I, I just don't really want any part of that team other than than Zeke in, in twenty eighteen. So I think that's maybe the hang up for me. Dan, any more thoughts on Dak? No, I'm gonna elaborate a little bit more on it on my next bold prediction. So I'll okay. reserve it for them. All right. So I'll go to I'll go to my next one here. Currently, Tyrod Taylor is going undrafted in July ADP. So my bold prediction is that some point between now and next offseason, so January or February, he will be drafted as a top 25 quarterback. Hmm. Currently undrafted, at some point between now and next offseason, he'll be a top 25 in ADP. He was undrafted? Unless I misread that. I'm no, pretty sure I did not see him on the list for, for July. Okay. Chad Kelly was, but Tyrod Taylor wasn't. Totally makes sense. <laughs> Okay, I I don't think I can take this one. It, I, it's not bold enough for me. What? Uh, He's not I, even being drafted. I, 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 I'll give you credit for going all the way down the list and finding a guy that was not drafted at all in any of the ADP mocks that Ryan put together. But to to go from which which really only covers thirty three what or excuse me thirty three quarterbacks. So. Assuming he has to be the 34th guy on everybody's chart. I can't believe he was missed by everybody. Uh, that's not a very huge leap for, for him to make. He has to overcome a few rookies and some unknown, complete unknowns like Mason Rudolph and Chad Kelly, uh, among others. I, I don't think it's impossible for him to do. In fact, I think it's more likely that it happens than not. So I have to pass. Yeah, I'm actually going to take this one, Matt. Uh, I, well, l- let me let me clarify one thing. What what was the the timeline of the by you know January February 2019 after after the 2018 season? Okay, so at any point, that's that's a big point of it. At any point throughout the year, correct. 
Okay, I'm I'm going to take it then. Um, I, I do see Baker Mayfield taking over that offense at some point, and I, I just don't think Tyrod can do enough to uh, to move into the top twenty-five. And I know that's that's not necessarily we don't think of that as as a lofty ranking, but Alex Smith is QB twenty-five, Ben Roethlisberger is QB twenty-four, Derek Carr is twenty-three. Those are not guys that he's he's going to jump over in value. Even Sam Darnold at quarterback 26, we would expect to gain value just based on his age alone. Uh, so I'll take you up on this one, Matt. Nice. Those are some good points. If, if it's allowed, I, I think I will too. Jump back <laughs> in. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'm going to take it too. When, when Ryan started listing those names uh, – he said Smith, and I said, I guess there's an outside chance. And Roethlisberger, I doubt it. And Carr, probably not. I just clicked on ADP, and even beyond that, it's Philip Rivers and and Baker Mayfield and Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Ryan. Holy cow, that's a that's a steep hill to climb. I no longer think it's more likely <laughs> than not. In fact, I think he set the bar kind of high. Now that now that Ryan hey, spoke on it, I'm going to agree with Ryan, and I'll take you it. Said it wasn't bold enough, man. No, yeah, uh, I'm wrong on that. <laughs> I should have done a little bit more digging. You know, I wish I would have seen all these before we did them, so I could do a little bit of digging on them before I made an ass of myself. I mean, <laughs> that's half the fun, though. The thing with Taylor is he's always been undervalued, though. Even when he was scoring as a as a QB one in. Uh, in fantasy, he was—he's been undervalued. He's been a QB one in our dynasty ADP one time. That was in September of 2016. He was the quarterback 11. Um, other than that, he's been well down that list. And uh, in most months, he's outside of the top 20, even when he was performing well as as the Bills starter. So, I mean, I think even if it's a best case situation that after four weeks, he's a QB one in, in fantasy, I still don't think he can crack the top 25. Yeah. It, it, would it change things for you guys? If I had set the the timeline back to say July, 2019, because I do think he's going to have a starting job next year. And, and at that point, I think he's going to be in that top 25 range. Yes, that would have. And that's actually why I clarified the time earlier, because I do think there's a, whether he gets, released or or traded at some point next offseason. I don't think that happens by January or February, which you uh, which you mentioned. But if you push it back, you know, beyond free agency period and, and when we've seen trades go down and, and such, that would have caused me some hesitation at least. So what I'm hearing from you, Ryan, is that you don't think that the dynasty community in general is uh, is smart enough to realize that he's going to be a starter somewhere next season, and it won't start drafting him as such until until next July. Well, no, <laughs> no, I think even even if we assume that he is the starter for a random team, not the Browns, in 2019, I, I'm still not sure that changes my mind because we're looking at these names. You know, Carr is not going to lose value, at least not down to the Tyrod Taylor level. And Darnold is not. And Rosen and Mayfield and Trubisky, these guys aren't aren't just going to fall off the the spectrum of this uh, when it comes to value. And then if next year we add 
a couple other guys, Justin Herbert and, and whoever it might be next year, then those are just a couple other young quarterbacks that are jumping ahead of him. So I, I will say I don't think Tyrod Taylor is ever in our top 25 quarterbacks again. Phew. Okay. You're, you're hurting. That my, is a bold prediction. You're hurting there. my heart. Now. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 it's just too bad that that's so long of a time frame. We, I mean, we can, we can pretend we're going to remember, but we're never, <laughs> if, even if that happens, we're never going to give Ryan for credit for it. Right, Dan? It, absolutely not. <laughs> it's enough credit the way it is. Uh, all right. We're going to start our final round here. This is our fifth and final bet for each of us. Dan, lead us off. Oh, we only get one more. One more. I want it to be worthy. Since I teased it earlier, I guess I got to go back to the quarterback position. Um, Mitchell Trubisky is quarterback 19 in ADP right now. I think he will move. I wish I could say into the top 12, but I can't. I'm going to put him as a top 13 quarterback by this time next year. So this is a fun one because you think about, I just said some of those young quarterbacks in the, in the teens and twenties that I don't think we'll be losing value. But uh, when you look up and down the line, you see a lot of quarterbacks just based on age who who should be falling down the ranks over the next couple of years. And, and that could happen sooner rather than later. We know those names, Brady and Breeze and Roethlisberger and Rivers and, and so on. Um, only, I think, yeah, only a couple of those right now, Brady and Breeze, are ahead of Trubisky. So I could see him jumping ahead of those guys if he has a Jared Goff-like season, which a lot of people are projecting. But he also has some other young guys, namely those rookies in this current class, behind him. I am going to – I'm going to take this one. Good. I'm going to take it too. My my one hesitation is that we've seen such a meteoric rise from some of these young quarterbacks, you know – Jimmy Garoppolo is now quarterback five <laughs> in, in ADP. So, I mean, it's certainly within the range of possibility, but I wasn't really big into Trubisky coming out. And I, I love all the things that the offense has done, hiring Matt Nagy. You know, I, I just, I feel like, and this is totally just a hunch, but I feel like everybody placing all of this pressure on the 2018 Bears to become the 2017 Los Angeles Rams is, is is something that could easily fall flat on its face. So just based on that, uh, my little bit of hesitation there, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it as well. Yeah, and I, those are all valid points, and I agree with you for the most part. But the the simple fact is that Trubisky doesn't even have to be Goff. Goff shot all the way up into the single digits, so he only he only has to make half the type of jump that Goff made, and he's already farther along. So I, I think, you know, when I go through that ADP and I see those names like Brady and I see Breeze and Prescott, who we talked about earlier, who I expect to fall, Matt Ryan's ahead of him as well. The, the six or seven names in front of him are Tom Brady at 13, Lamar Jackson at 14, Jameis Winston at 15, Drew Brees at 16, Dak Prescott at 17, and Matt Ryan at 18. And there is a case to be made that he will jump each one of those. And then when you add the fact that some young guys like Mahomes and Garoppolo are above him as well, and Andrew Luck is there and the the threat of another injury um, derailing his ADP going forward, I think there's there's a legitimate chance that he makes that kind of jump. As I said before, I really wanted to say top 12, but I, I thought there was a big difference between 12 and 13, so I set it at 13. 
Fair enough. Ryan, hit us with your last one. Okay, I'm going to look at the tight end position. Delaney Walker is currently the tight end 13 in our July ADP. He turns 34 years old next month. I'm going to say he is outside of the top 20 by January. Oh, this is a close one. I like where you set the bar there, Ryan. Um, looking at the guys below him in ADP, there's there's some intriguing names for sure and some young guys that you expect to move up. Uh, I don't know for sure if there's enough. And Walker being 33 doesn't scare me all that much as far as putting up a, a good enough season to stay relevant and stay stay on the minds of dynasty owners. I'm really on the fence here. That's a, that's a long fall to make. I think I have to pass again, though. Uh, if you if you'd have said 18, I, I would have probably been on board. I, I I do see a few names that I I expect to make a jump. I don't think enough to get all the way down to 20, though. So just to clarify, you're saying Delaney Walker outside of the top 20 in ADP by January. Yes. Yeah. I, man, I can't take it either. I I, I think that, I think that he's old enough. I think he's going to be 34 next season and 35 next season. Thanks, Dan. Uh, So uh, yeah, that's just based on age alone. I think I can't, I don't think I can take you. Yeah, th- those names that I was mentioning, Mike Gusecki is expected to to move up ADP. I'm an Eric Ebron fan, and I could see him moving up a little bit. Austin Safarian Jenkins has the types of upside in the offense to 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 make a jump as well. And there's there's other intriguing names for sure, like Dallas Goddard and Ricky Seals Jones. But even if all of those guys that I just mentioned jump Delaney Walker, he is still the 20th guy in ADP. So so it's going to take a lot. I think I think more than I'm willing to to bet on. Yeah, I'm actually surprised at this one, and I think it's it's all about age. Even looking at Jason Witten's thirty uh, four year old season, meaning the off season after he was thirty four, I guess I should say, uh, he was tight end twenty six, and that's after he had put up a tight end one season. So I think even if we see, even if there's no fall off from Walker, and and he he gives us another top 12 season. I still think he falls outside of the top 20 just based on that, that age 34 and, uh, and knowing there's not much left uh, beyond that. I thought that was a slam dunk. You guys missed, <laughs> you missed the bubble, Matt. Uh, I just, I just, I just think people are too ageist. I think it is going to happen. I don't think it necessarily should happen as long as he's playing in 2019. I think he's probably going to be, you know, a top 12 option in terms of production. But people, people hate the old, the old guys. So you both agree that he falls out of the top 20? Correct. No, I say he stays inside the top 20. So you're taking the bet. So you are taking a Dan. So then you are taking a Dan. Yeah, I guess I am. Then, (laughs) gosh, I tried not to make. (laughs) <laughs> Make myself look stupid, and I did at the end. Uh, Let me explain the rules one more time. Yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. I promise <laughs> I do. I, I, I think it's going to be too difficult for that many guys to jump to jump him. You know what you said about about the other, the, you know, other aging tight ends um, is worth thinking about for sure. Delaney Walker has hung on like almost nobody else. Um, so, so I'm going to stick with it. I guess I'll take the bet then. I think he's he's inside the top 20 in January. 
I just think there's so many of these young guys that could hit this year that could push push him down. You know, O.J. Howard could hit, Njoku could hit, uh, and Gasecki seems like a decent shot at, have, at being at finishing as a tight end one this season. Um, so I, I guess these guys are already ahead of him, but I think maybe you're right, Dan. And maybe maybe there isn't enough guys below him to jump up. But I just I, I think we are ageist enough in this hobby that that he's going to to, to, to fall out of there. So you're gonna have to go that one alone. All right, I'm going to give you guys a choice of players in this last one, but you decide which bet this is going to be. I'm not sure if either of them are particularly bold, but uh, do you want to take a bet about Cooper Cup or Blake Bortles? Or I'll, and I'll throw a third one in there, or Derrick Henry. Blake Bortles, it, Derrick Henry, or Cooper Cup? I think it has to be your guy Cup, right, Ryan? Yes. All right. Cooper Cup. I'll take will- it. Whatever it is, I'll take it. <laughs> Cooper Cup will lead the 2018 Rams in receptions. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think I have to take that bet, Matt. Uh, I I don't think it's super crazy to to hope that that happens or even maybe to expect that to happen, but there's so many other talented pass catchers in – in Los Angeles there that I think the odds are against him with cooks there. Robert Woods had a, a breakout season a year ago and uh, even Todd Gurley as that full-time every down running back, it could be spread out to the point that Gurley could lead the team in, in reception. So cook, I, I, I think is probably the leader in the clubhouse or the most likely to lead the team. And I think cup and woods are a split for the for the next most likely after that Gurley is a dark horse and although I don't think a tight end is all of a sudden going to step up and and have that huge season they're going to catch passes as well and keep those overall numbers down in my opinion so I'll take the bet and I think I got a pretty good chance of winning this one this is a good one Matt um so I'm, I'm looking at some numbers from last year Brandon Cooks had 65 receptions for, of course, for the, the Patriots, while Cooper Cup had 62. But um, my guy Cooks needed needed over 20 more targets to get that done. So he's he's never been that uh, efficient type receiver that Cup and and maybe Woods can be considered. So I think that's clearly why people are just putting him in that Sammy Watkins role. I don't think it plays out like that, but I also don't necessarily think that cooks leads the team in receptions or, or really that he's even the favorite. I definitely agree with Dan that between cup and woods and, and cooks and even Gurley, that it's going to be pretty watered down. I don't think any of these guys even sniff, 100 receptions, maybe not even 80 receptions. Um, I'll take this one just just for some action, but this is – you finally set a good line. <laughs> <laughs> so so last season, Todd Gurley, 64 receptions. Cooper Cup, 62 receptions. Those were the two leading uh, reception getters in, uh, in Los Angeles last season. Now, obviously, Woods was hurt for a portion of the season, and Watkins was – he was efficient on a par- per target basis, but it just didn't see enough of it to really, to really, uh, you know, reach a high reception number. So I just think that Cup is is his safety blanket, is the security blanket for Jared Goff, and is really the key to his success in that offense. So uh, you know, I just I, I feel strongly enough about it to, to set that that high bar. I actually said it last year during our. 
the live draft show we did with Cooper Cup uh, when, when, he, when he came up with uh, with Dan and I think Nick was there at the time. So uh, he almost did it last year, and I'm going to stand behind him for 2019. Sorry, 2018 as well. So um, let's see. So our totals of the bets taken, I took seven because clearly I, uh, I I'm the most. Uh, I have the most courage. I'll just say that. How about that? <laughs> Ryan and Dan coming in with five each. So if I hit all of mine, there's a potential that I could do it, but I took some pretty risky ones. So we'll see about that. Um, but it's going to be fun to track these through the uh, through the 2018 season, guys. Any final thoughts here as we head into training camp next week? I'm just, well, final thoughts on the show. I'm, I'm disappointed sure. that I didn't get to the rest of mine because I, I had stuff on Tevin Coleman and Traquan Smith and OJ Howard and, Taiwan Taylor and Mike Williams and Dallas Goddard and Ben Watson and Rob Gronkowski <laughs> and Allen Robinson and LeGarrette Blunt and I'm sure there are more. Uh, I ran out of ran out of room on my bold predictions list here. They were supposed to be bold, and Matt, I think you came up with one bold one. <laughs> one. <laughs> Ryan, any final thoughts? I, I'm I'm just ready for some football. I'm ready. Seriously, we could smell Even it. Even if it's just training camp. Yeah, even if it's just training camp, even even if it's just the Hall of Fame game in, uh, like you said, less than three weeks, that's good enough for me right now. It's so funny. Like, I get you. Everybody gets so excited about the Hall of Fame game, and then by like the second quarter, everybody's bored of the Hall of Fame game. But yeah. uh, I look, I look forward to it nonetheless. Getting a chance to see those uh, first look of some of those guys on the field. I'm obviously not going to see any starters for a while, but just to get football, NFL football, back on the TV is going to be be a great thing. So, with that, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to my friends Dan and Ryan for being on the show today, and uh, you know, taking some bets. And we'll be back uh, in another week or so to talk to you guys again. Have a good week, everybody. (laughs) Gosh, I tried not to make make myself look stupid, and I did at the end.